On February 13th, Instructure shareholders were set to vote on the proposed private equity buyout deal with the firm Tama Bravo. But before the vote, news emerged that Instructure had failed to gather enough investor support to allow it to go through. Bloomberg first broke the story on February 12th, crediting anonymous sources familiar with the proceedings. Further outlets soon followed, and Instructure eventually acknowledged it themselves. At the end of last week, the company postponed the shareholder vote to February 25th. Then on February 18th, Instructure CEO Dan Goldsmith announced that he had plans to leave his role as chief executive of the company, along with his position on the board of directors. Goldsmith will remain in his post until he officially steps down on March 6th. In the meantime, senior Instructure leaders will form a joint office of the CEO as they begin a search to fill the role with the help of the hired firm. Also on the same day, February 18th, Tama Bravo revised their definitive agreement with Instructure. Instead of a private equity buyout, they will begin a tender offer at some point on or before February 24th to buy all outstanding Instructure stock at a price of $49 a share, that's higher than the initial proposed rate, and after the tender offer is completed, Instructure plans to merge with Tama Bravo. Hi, my name is Henry Kronk. For eLearning Inside, this is Ed Technically. This week, we're telling the story of Instructure over the past few months and how all this news came about and why it transpired. So Instructure leadership initially announced in December that it had reached a $2 billion buyout agreement with the private equity firm Tama Bravo. The deal proposed and approved by the Instructure board set the per share buyout of Instructure stock at $47.60 a share. On the day before the announcement, stock had been trading at $52.96 a share and as one might expect, it soon fell to 48.75 the next day. Following the announcement of the proposed deal, a coalition of Instructure shareholders began to rally opposition. The day after the deal was announced, the hedge fund Rivulet Capital filed a 13D form with the SEC, in which they said they would not support the deal, arguing that it undervalued the company. Uh, at the time, Rivulet controlled 5.23% of Instructure stock. A week later, Presidium, an investor controlling 7.5% of Instructure shares, also filed a form with the SEC announcing their opposition. Company representatives in that communication wrote, quote, not only does the proposed offer represent a more than 10% discount to Instructure's closing share price of $52.96 on December 3rd, 2019, the day before the deal was announced, but we have many reasons to believe the board did not undertake a full and fair sales process to ensure that shareholders receive maximum value for their investment, end quote. 
By January, two more major shareholders had announced opposition to the deal. Speaking to Bloomberg at the time, Latif Investment Management's investment officer, Kwok Tran, brought further concerns to light regarding Instructure CEO Dan Goldsmith. As Kwok Tran said uh, to Bloomberg, quote, Goldsmith staying on as CEO seems like a conflict of interest where he's putting his own interests ahead of shareholders. We don't think Dan has done a good job with Bridge, and this deal rewards him rather than hold him accountable, end quote. Following opposition by Latif and another shareholder, Oberndorf Enterprises, EdTech consultant Phil Hill, who runs Mindwires Consulting, reported on January 9th that roughly one-third of Instructure shareholders had come to oppose the deal. After this opposition came to light, two advisory firms, Glass Lewis and & Company and Institutional Shareholder Services, also encouraged shareholders to vote against the deal. Now, Instructure has publicly refuted a few of these claims uh, publicly with SEC filings. In a Form 8K filed in early December, the company said, quote, that they conducted a comprehensive and deliberate process lasting 11 months and ultimately involving 40 parties, 19 of which signed non-disclosure agreements and engaged with the company before entering into the merger agreement, end quote. Instructure also enlisted J.P. Morgan as a formal advisor on January 20th, 2019. Just prior to this consultation, Instructure stock was trading at $39.04 per share. Before announcing the merger, furthermore, Instructure had consulted some shareholders who signed, a, uh, signed more NDAs to discuss the deal. Also in the December 8K, Instructure representatives wrote, quote, Shortly before entering into the merger agreement, the company, that's Instructure, entered into non-disclosure agreements with several of its largest stockholders to solicit their views of the possible transaction. The board carefully considered the viewpoints of these stockholders and the obligations of the board to maximize value for all stockholders prior to the board's unanimous approval of the ex execution and delivery of the merger agreement." End quote. These messages and communications, however, were clearly not enough. Before the scheduled vote on February 13th, it became clear that uh, Instructure simply did not have the support behind the deal to allow it to go through, so they rescheduled for February 24th. As of the 18th, however, Tama Bravo returned with a tender offer to buy all outstanding Instructure shares at $49 a share. After the tender offer was finalized, the two entities have planned a second step merger. During this step, all remaining Instructure shares will, quote, be converted into the right to receive the same per share price paid in the tender offer, end quote. That's according to a press release issued. Instructure's board has unanimously approved this uh, tender agreement measure. And following the announcement of the deal, the shareholder vote on February 25th has been canceled. For the TLDR, it appears that Instructure's board is very interested in going private and they're willing to take steps to make that happen. It remains to be seen what will transpire with the company in the coming weeks.
This has been Ed Technically. My name is Henry Kronk. I'm the editor at eLearning Inside. If you like this episode, please rate and review. If you'd like to hear more, please subscribe. Also keep in mind that this show is available as a video on our YouTube channel and as a podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. The basic content for this video first appeared as an article on eLearning Inside. If you'd like to hear more about online courses, technology in the classroom, and the edtech sector, please check out our site. If you'd like to get in touch with me, feel free to send an email to henry at elearninginside.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at elearninginside. Thanks for listening.